Hi, I'm Joe, and this is the Decahedron RPG Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Joe. I am in Niagara Falls this weekend. I'm in my hotel room. I don't think they're doing fireworks during the winter, so I think we're safe from that. I turned off the heat system, so we're good there. I am, however, on the world's squeakiest chair. Uh, I don't know if the computer will cut that out, but it is annoying me. <laughs> All right. This episode is going live on December 6th. So I was going to say that this is probably going to be the last normal episode of the year, but it's not. The one on December 13th will be a normal one. I don't know what the topic will be yet. I'll figure it out. The episode for December 20th will be the giveaway that I'm recording with Daniel, which will be about shirts and skirts. And we'll talk about that in just a second. And then uh, the last episode of the year, the 27th, that's going to be uh, Val and I sitting down and it's going to be kind of a special episode, not gaming related, at least not directly. And we're just going to go through all the movies that we watched in the theater this year. I think there were 25 or so. That sounds high, doesn't it? Especially because the last few months uh, haven't been great for movies. But anyway, yeah, we're going to go through uh, the movies that we saw in the theater. And we're going to do a real quick, like one or two line uh, review of them. And that will wrap out the year. And then we'll start the new year. So I just said that in a second, we would talk about shirts and skirts. So let's talk about shirts and skirts. This is our giveaway for December. I don't know why I say our, it's just me. Um, this is my giveaway for the month of December. What it is, is I wrote this little beer and pretzels RPG, like quickly. It's one of those things I was sitting there and I was like, huh. And this idea came to me and I just sat down and ran with it. And like within a weekend, I had... I had this down. So it's called Shirts and Skirts, and it's about, well, I'm not telling you what it's about because that's the contest. You tell me what you think Shirts and Skirts is about. Get it right, get it wrong, doesn't matter. Uh, just tell me what you think it is, and you will be entered to win. Uh, one person at random will be selected, and you will win something related to Shirts and Skirts, a game-type thing. I can't really say what it is. Trust me, it's worth it. I have an entry from Jason. I have an entry from James. I have an entry from uh, Michael slash Merc the Meek. So that's only three entries so far. You should enter. Just let me know what Shirts and Skirts is about. I also have this from Daniel. Let's give it a listen. Hey, Joe. Daniel from Manage Keep Calling In about the contest. I keep forgetting to call in. Actually, your hints are making it more difficult for me. <laughs> Anyways, I'm pretty sure that if it's not the rules that I should be uh, not allowed to, to win again, but I'll still enter anyways because it's always fun. And, oh, the car's going to go by. We'll see what that sounds like. So the first thing I thought of, and this is where I'm going to go with, even though your hints keep throwing me off, is shirts and skirts sounds to me like some kind of, like, 1950s uh, advertising agency game. <laughs> I think of shirts as, like, the the execs or whatever, and skirts being kind of a, the way that in the 1950s they might call uh, let's say the, the, the women work in the office of secretaries or assistants. Uh, I guess it could also be, uh, something to do with 1950s high school. Cause again, skirts just reminds me of that. <laughs> so anyways, uh, but I don't know where the shirts would be there. 
So I want to go with advertising agency and uh, 19, from the 1950s. I never watched that that really popular TV show, um, so like uh, Mad Men. So I'm guessing that was 50s, right, or maybe 60s. I'm not sure. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Could be kind of cool. Anyways, uh, I'm curious to know, and I guess I'll find out on the 16th. Yeah, Daniel will find out on the 16th because that's when we're recording. Everybody else, you won't find out until the 20th. That's when we're releasing that episode. Okay, you know, Daniel, I've never seen Mad Men either. It's interesting that my clues keep throwing you off. Jason said something kind of similar, so uh, whatever. Part of the show that we record will be me going through each clue and how it fit into everything. Um, but let's see if this week's clue helps you or if it completely smashes your idea. Here is this week's clue. All right, uh, Daniel, what, what, what do you think? Did, did that help you? Did that change your mind? Did that give everything away? I don't know. Let's talk about what I told you I was going to talk about this week, which is an episode I try to record uh, a couple weeks ago, and I didn't like the way it came out. And I think the problem is because uh, I decided to get lazy. Instead of recording the episode like I normally do, I oh, I went to an old blog post that said pretty much what I wanted to say, and I just kind of read that, and it only covered half of what I was going to say. So forget the old blog post. I am just going to speak and uh, off my head and talk about and what i'm talking about is lucky seven and its advantages and disadvantages actually before i start i want to say that yeah this is about lucky seven which again is another system i'm developing but my original intent for this episode was actually to talk about unlucky 13 which is what lucky seven evolved from and that is actually was intended to be more OSR-esque. So sometime probably, actually maybe next week, maybe early in the new year, I will do an episode about Unlucky 13 and tell you uh, what that's all about. All right. So advantages and disadvantages in Lucky 7. I talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago when uh, Jason called in with a comment about how he thinks disadvantages can be munchkin-y because players take disadvantages uh, for the points and then they either never use them or they take off-balanced disadvantages. Like uh, I think in GURPS, the example I used was Pyromania is worth, I think, five or 10 points. And really, it's not much of a disadvantage at all. And so what I do in Lucky 7 I just tell you, you have to take a disadvantage and I don't say what it has to be. You just pick one that you like. There's no list. You just say something and you don't get any points for it or anything. Actually, it's assumed because you start with one, uh, you also get um, 
an advantage. So they, they balance out. Anyway, um, yeah, but you don't... Sorry, I'm being distracted by this noisy chair. Um, so you don't get any points for it or anything. It's just assume that you have a disadvantage. And if you want to make it a really weak disadvantage, like, say, Pyromania, go for it. But really, you're only hurting yourself because when the points come into play is when it affects you in a bad way during play. So if you have one that would never really come into play, you're never going to get points for that. So it's a wasted spot on your sheet. And if you don't get points, those are also the points you need to fuel your advantages when you want to use those. And actually in Lucky 7, they're experience points. So they're also the points you need to level up. So... I mean, you get experience points anyway for playing the game, but without having a disadvantage to give you more, you've got to put yourself on a weakness. So an example I like to use, and I like to use this like when I'm speaking, because when I write out the rules, I can't use this because of uh, copyright and licensing, all that fun stuff. But I like to use the example of Daredevil. Daredevil, in case you don't know, is a Marvel superhero. So Daredevil has a disadvantage, which is he is blind, which in GURPS is like a huge, I think it's like a 30 or 40 point disadvantage or something. It's big. But then you also say that he has an advantage of echolocation and it's a really like superhero echolocation. But when you combine these two together, when you're like watching Daredevil or I suppose if you're reading the book, the net effect is that even though Matt Murdock is blind. Matt Murdock is Daredevil's secret identity. Uh, you know, people always say that, and it's kind of backwards, isn't it? It's really Daredevil's Matt Murdock's secret identity. Anyway, um, the net effect is that Matt Murdock, even though he's blind, is very seldom inconvenienced by the blindness. Because of his echolocation, he can see doorways. He knows where walls are. He knows if traffic's coming. He knows if a knife is being thrown at him. And in fact, it's actually kind of superior because it's kind of 360 degrees, whereas our vision is only, you know, ahead of us. So he's blind, but it very rarely comes into play. But it can come into play uh, if it's important that he be able to read something like in a book. He can't do that. If he needs to know to push the red button instead of the blue button, cut the green wire, he, he can't do that because his echolocation doesn't let him do that. So in those situations, you would use the blindness disadvantage. You would say, hey, player, you're trying to defuse this bomb, but you can't see what the color wires are. The wires, the the wire, <laughs> but you can't see what the wire colors are. So you're going to have a disadvantage. Either you just can't do it, or I'm going to make you roll for it and you're going to roll with a disadvantage type thing. But for that, here's an experience point. Yay. Or the other thing, completely stolen from fate, by the way, is in certain situations, you can say, hey, this seeing this encounter, this whatever, would be more interesting if we played up the fact that Matt Murdock was blind. Um, and maybe it's just a normal situation, you know, like going into a building or whatever, but I don't know, say there's 
weird music playing and it's messing with his echolocation or something, just to make it interesting. You can you can compel that disadvantage. You can say, hey, here is your experience point for being blind because it's going to cause you trouble in this scene. And he can take it or he can reject that and say no, but then he has to give you an experience point for ignoring that disadvantage. All right, so those are disadvantages. Let's talk about advantages. Now, for advantages, we can, again, talk about echolocation. But like I said, the net effect of the blindness and the echolocation is that for most scenes, most of the time, they cancel each other out. They have no effect. And we're not just going to pass XP back and forth every time. We're just going to ignore them. We only focus on the time when the advantage or the disadvantage provides a significant impact on play. And that impact is usually a penalty die for a disadvantage or a bonus die for a, an advantage. Uh, that all works out into the way the base mechanic works. I don't know if I talked about that in my previous Lucky 7 episode, but that's beyond the scope of this episode. Uh, yeah, if he wants to use his advantage, he, you know, you say, I don't know, maybe you're saying that, you know, someone's hiding behind a corner up ahead. Now, for a normal person, they wouldn't be able to detect that. But again, echolocation, he can, you know, detect things around corners and stuff like that. So maybe you say, okay, well, if you want to do that, give me an XP for that advantage. And also, of course, things like blindness, even though we called it a disadvantage, there are times when Matt Murdock definitely... 100% uses blindness to his advantage. He uses it to elicit sympathy. He uses it as an alibi. Well, surely, officer, that couldn't have been me that threw that knife because I'm blind or whatever. So, again, even though that's normally a disadvantage, if you try to use it in an advantageous situation, you treat it just like an advantage and you just charge them an experience point to use it. Ta-da! That's it. That is how I do advantages and disadvantages in Lucky 7. Um, I guess that's not it, because the next thing I want to say is that there is no such thing as a disadvantage that's too strong or too weak, and likewise, an advantage that's too strong or too weak. They're, they're impossible things, because... Let's get really munchkin -y now. Let's say we have a real munchkin player. Let's call him, you thought I was going to say James, didn't you? No, because this we're going real extreme. Let's just call him Tim. I don't know any Tims. So Tim takes an advantage and he calls it, I am the supreme being of the universe. Yeah, okay. Now you might say like in GURPS, I'd be like a 500 point advantage and... You know, you can do anything with it. But even though it has that name, the net effect of any advantage is simply that. You get a bonus to your die roll. Actually, that's one effect. The other effect I'm playing, toying with, is uh, you wait till after you roll. And if you fail, you can automatically bump it up to that lucky seven result. Or if you get a lucky seven result, you can uh, bump it up to the the full success and if you get a success, you can bump it up to a crit critical success. All by spending the experience point and invoking that advantage. So, I don't know, let's say a situation where Tim's character is trying to walk across a tightrope. And 
it's slippery or whatever. He misses the roll. Yeah, let's go with the, the second way I was talking about. He misses the roll. And you say, okay, Tim, you fall into the crevice. And Tim says, I'm going to invoke my supreme being of the universe advantage. And he gives you an experience point. And you say, okay, well, that raises it from a failure to the lucky seven result. So you, it's a success at a cost. So you don't fall in, but you drop the MacGuffin down into the crevice or whatever. And Tim's all like, but wait, I'm the supreme being of the universe. That doesn't make sense. And you say, yeah, you're right. It doesn't. So just stop being a munchkin because that's the way it works. Um, the other way, I guess, you, oh, the other way that it's kind of limited is, yeah, same scenario. Uh, and, you know, Tim, uh, he fails a roll. And you say, okay, you fall and you are wounded or whatever. He says, no, I'm going to invoke my supreme being of the universe. And you're saying, fine, hand me an experience point. And you're like, he's like, ah, but I'm out of experience points. I'm like, well, then you can't invoke that. Self-limiting, not a problem. And keep those munchkins in check. And likewise, uh, disadvantages. I think I already covered all that, right? How it can't be uh, too overwhelming because, again, the only thing a disadvantage will ever do is give get you a penalty die. I will never use a disadvantage to automatically uh, downgrade a result. That's only as a penalty die. All right, that's it. That is advantages and disadvantages and lucky seven. What do you think? Question mark. Let me know. Call from the United States of America. Joe, people jam. Been a bit. Uh, unfortunately, caught COVID and just been down out a little bit, but getting back into it and listening to podcasts of yours 102, your big mail grab, mailbag episode. Um, and Jason had just responded about GURPS. And, and and I I totally do not agree. Well, no, let me say this. I mostly do not agree with Jason there. I agree with you about the disadvantages in GURPS. Uh, being random, that's just, I, I don't like that idea. Unless you have zero idea what sort of character you want to play. If you need a jumping off point, maybe a random disadvantage would be good to help you maybe envision the character that you wish to play. But the whole point is of those disadvantages is just that, to give you these points to help build the character concept that you have. So I just I just don't like that idea of, of randomness, unless you don't have a clue as to what you want to do and you need something. And then they're like, okay, yeah, that, that's where it needs to go. But yeah, uh, good stuff. I'll listen to more of the episode later. Hey, Evil Jeff. By the way, everyone, that's Evil Jeff of the Minions and Musings podcast. A great podcast, but you know, I don't think I've heard an episode recently. Are you on another break or is my feed not working? I'm going to have to look that up. Um, <laughs> hey, Evil Jeff. Uh, yeah, thanks for that message. As you heard uh, when I replied to Jason and the bulk of this episode before this, I 
99% agree with you. Um, yeah, that, you know, in a game like GURPS, when you're creating a character, you should be able to pick your disadvantages and your advantages. And it shouldn't be a concern of the GM that you're going to munchkin out because you shouldn't be playing with munchkins like that. And if you are, you know, as a GM, you step in and you step it down. But as you heard, my solution is somewhat different. So for the 1% that I'm going to disagree with you is um, I think it's really a mindset thing. Because if you tell me in GURPS that I can't pick my disadvantages, I, that's going to get my back up. But if you tell me that we're going to play Gamma World, I have no expectation that I'm going to pick my disadvantages. Uh, what do they call them there? They call it uh, blah, 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 uh, something mutations, bad mutations, or whatever it is, right? Because you, you have beneficial mu mutations and whatever the other one is. Um, <laughs> but the bad mutations, harmful mutations, maybe it's called. I can't remember. Uh, I'm sure some will correct me. And so I guess it's an expectation thing, right? In GURPS, I expect to be able to pick. In Gamma World, I don't expect to be able to pick. But maybe that's just the broader umbrella, is that GURPS and more modern games are a create-your-character type game, whereas D&D &D and Gamma World and those earlier games are all roll-up random character games. Between the two, I definitely like creating your own character, but... They, they, I feel that they each have their, their time and place. And you know what? Maybe that should be its own episode. Um, you know what? I think it will. And you know what? I think that might even be one that James had suggested before. That's on the list. So I'm going to check the list. And if it is, I'm going to bring James on. And we're going to discuss that one together. Oh, as for COVID, uh, sorry to hear that. Hope you're feeling better. When I came back from Florida, I had something I was wondering if it was COVID, but I didn't bother getting tested because in the end, it wouldn't have changed anything other than someone would have written down I had COVID. Uh, it wouldn't change my behavior. You know, I work from home. I don't go out anyway. So, I mean, when I'm sick like that. So it didn't make a difference if it was COVID or a flu or whatever. You know, it wasn't going to change anything. So um, I don't know if I, I had had COVID again or if it was just like a uh, Cold, cold flu type bug, something I caught in Florida in all those uh, dense, dense crowds when you're standing around for hours to get on a line or the um, fright night there at uh, Universal Studios. Anyway, yeah, hope you're feeling better. Thank you a lot for the call. You know, I've noticed that you haven't entered into this month's giveaway yet and you are completely eligible because you didn't win last month. Um, and we're going to talk about that during the next giveaway, whether or not that's a rule or not. But anyway, um, you're totally eligible. Enter. Thanks a lot again. Let's hear the next call. Hey, Joe, this is Michael or Merck the Meek. I just finished listening to your latest call-in episode. Thanks for, uh, you know, posting my, my comments, my questions, and for answering them. Thanks for calling out the podcast as well. Appreciate that. So uh, I guess I'm more of a central New Yorker than an upstate New Yorker then, given those rules. Um, yeah, I grew up in the uh, Syracuse area. And I know that uh, Buffalo and Rochester get a lot of snow, but I feel like Syracuse probably could be thrown in the mix there as a possible candidate for uh, a lot of snow. 
I, it, I think it's the lake effect from uh, the various lakes for sure. But, and also, yeah, I need to go to the Strong Museum sometime with my girls. I'm sure they would love it. As for my second message about role-playing with my wife, I realized my error too, uh, too late because <laughs> I already sent the message. Uh, and I figured that it's probably better not to uh, make a big deal out of it. Um, yeah, we, we don't, we don't role play that way. <laughs> um, and I'm also prone to hyperbole. So the tolerate comments and we make it work. That's me more, uh, rambling than, <laughs> um, revealing some hidden tension in our relationship. But hey, maybe, maybe that was a Freudian slip and I'm just now realizing it. But, uh, yeah, anywho, thank you very much for the, uh, the comments. Uh, and uh, take care. Hey there, Michael slash Merc the Meek. By the way, everyone, Michael is the host of a podcast called Merc the Meek, although he spells Merc with a E, which I still say should either be Merker or Mike. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, Merc the Meek, about six episodes out now. I owe him some feedback. I haven't recorded it yet, but I know it in my head, but I'm going to say anyway, uh, pretty good. Nice short episodes. I'm digging on it. Give it a listen. All right, Michael, this is uh, what I wrote down for what you said. First of all, Syracuse. Um, would that be the, um, <laughs> would that be the Mohawk Valley region? I know that Utica and Rome are um, and you're just before there, before, you know, from my point of view, when I'm driving home to Rhode Island. Speaking of which, I went home to Rhode Island for Thanksgiving, which means, you know, I take the throughway and I drive right by uh, Syracuse. In fact, Valerie was actually supposed to be working in Syracuse today, but uh, her mom just had a heart attack on Saturday. And so Valerie is at the hospital with her. Uh, she expected to get out of the hospital today. You know, they did some surgery yesterday. So um, isn't that wild, by the way, uh, for those of us who are older to think that, you know, did surgery on the heart yesterday. You're going home today. That's just mind blowing from um, from that day and age. And I work in medical technology. You know, that's been my, my professional life ever since I've had a professional life. So, yeah, that still blows my mind. Anyway, so yeah, Valerie was going to be up there in Syracuse. Um, her job takes her there on occasion. So yeah, it's a small world. What else was I going to say about Syracuse? Yeah, oh, so would that be the Mohawk Valley or you kind of before before that? I know between you and I, we kind of sandwich the Finger Lakes, right? I'm just to the west of the Finger Lakes and you're just to the east of them. So, so that's pretty cool. I wrote this down. I looked it all up. I wrote it down so I might sound weird uh, when I move the microphone to read. All right. I looked up the snowfalls, and here they are. <laughs> Anchorage, Alaska gets 77.9. Let's just round it up. Gets 78 inches of snow per year. That's Anchorage, Alaska. Buffalo, New York gets 95 inches per year. Rochester, on average, gets 102 inches per year. Watertown gets 116 per year. In Syracuse, you, you think you can play with us? You, you think you can, can compete with us big snow boys? Yeah, you actually you can because you top us all at 128 uh, inches of snow per year. So that's what uh, a little more than 10 and a half feet. 
So, and we're just under 10 feet. So, yeah, so you get the snow. I'm going to put my microphone back now. All right. Uh, other thing, yeah, Strong Museum, definitely uh, need to check it out. I'm not sure kids would like it as much as people might think. Uh, it is still a museum, uh, but they have some cool parts. I mean, us grown-up kids definitely like it. I don't know if you ever read... Uh, John Patterson's blog about playing at the world where he talks a lot about the, the Dayling manuscript, which he at the time thought was an early draft of pre-publication D&D, um, which I disagree with. And I don't even think he thinks that anyway, but he donated his copy to the Strong Museum. So they actually have some pages on display there. And um, they have a video game section, you know, of some cool uh, coin-up arcades, uh, like vintage stuff, and uh, some of the later stuff like uh, Guitar Hero. Love that game. Anyway, hey, by the way, offshoot, anyone know how I can play Guitar Hero or Rock Band or whatever at home? I used to have that on my Wii, and I got rid of all that stuff years ago. And I would love to somehow play that, but to find that it's like, it's not made, and so I figure... I, I don't know. If anyone knows a way to do that, let me know. Anyway, yeah, as for the, the role-playing with the white thing, it was just a turn of the phrase. It caught my ear. It, it was funny. Uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, I so hope that he's not going to be offended by this when we do this. And I, I thought long and hard about just deleting that whole section that I recorded with Valerie. Um, but kept it in. I, I'm glad you, you took it in good stride. I just always chuckles. Nothing, <laughs> nothing serious there. Oh, and as for the hyperbole, as for the word tolerate, I was like, yeah, but what other word would you use? But no, I would, I would say that that my wife is actually supportive of my playing. So my guess is that's the word that you would use too, if you had to, you know, if you were sitting down, you thought about it. If we wrote drafts and revised and picked all the right words. But you know, when we're podcasting, when we're commenting, we just go with whatever words come to us quickly because no one wants to hear us go. Um, um, uh, well, you know, a better word might be, you know, yeah, people don't want to hear that. And so we just, we speak. That's, that's what we, that's what we do. That's all I have for this one. You have another call coming right up. So let's give that one. Listen again, thanks for the call. And you have entered the contest. Although technically speaking, I think really your wife did. Hmm. That would be interesting if you win. Maybe she wins the prize and not you. Anyway, uh, thanks for the call. Hey, Joe, this is Michael again, just uh, re-listening to the feedback episode and caught your comment about how it seems like you and I are the only ones that like the Magic Thief. I find that pretty surprising. Uh, I mean, for myself, I know when I think about running like Swords and Wizardry or something along those lines, I my first thought is just to remove the Thief. It just seems um, silly, like uh, anyone should be able to climb why why do you need the thief to do that uh so the magic thief though is a great way to you know justify these abilities and yeah i just i really like that that's that's cool i like how you're trying to change up the spell system as well kind of like a press your luck mechanic uh it, it just it makes more sense than keeping the thief in to me so yeah my thoughts on that thanks hey michael you know, we got some other feedback. I think it was mainly Daniel and Jason about the Magical Thief. And 
what they both said is that they didn't see why it needed to be its own class. You know, why it couldn't just be uh, just a magic user and taking only those spells. And I think part of that was me not explaining the whole thing. But I think if I did, they, they might like it even less. Uh, yeah, because the whole concept was that they have this whole different way of casting magic. Uh, the way that they can cast spells at different levels. You know, a first level thief can try to cast a second level spell. Yeah, and, and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I agree with you about the, the thief character class and its point in the whole OD&D sphere. Like, what niche does it fill? Why can't normal people try uh, these skills uh, and I said in another episode, I don't know if you heard it, but I said in another episode, I've toyed with the idea before of giving every every character class the ability to perform the thief skills at the first level thief level. So if your first level thief has a 20% chance, I don't remember what it is, uh, 20% chance of picking pockets, your first level fighter would have that same chance and your first level cleric would have that same chance and your first level magic user would have that same chance and my rationale before it is you know the fighter's job is to hit people with a sword and a first level thief can hit a person with a sword exactly the same as a first level fighter and so can a first level cleric and for that matter so can a first level magic user except he can't use a sword he has to use a dagger or uh, whatever. Interesting enough in OD&D, it doesn't say that they can use a staff, but I always rule that in anyway, uh, right? The number you needed to hit, I don't know, AC 9 for a first level fighter is the same number that a first level magic user needs to hit AC 9. Of course, the fighters go up, but you know, the other character classes go up too. So by the time you're like a uh, 12th level magic user you're as good as like a 6th level fighter I'm not looking at the charts I'm doing the math in my head it's, it's somewhere around there and so why shouldn't a first level fighter be as good as a first level thief for thieving skills and the advantage is that the thief gets to go up on those and the other characters don't but yeah for the magical thief uh you said you, you like that trade-off that risk of rolling the die um i'm interested that you say that because i was looking through my blog post for the episode i was going to do on unlucky 13 which might be next week i actually found a later post where it said that a failed roll wasn't just I uh, can't cast spells for the rest of the day, but it was also that uh, they would take 1d6 of damage with the caveat that it would never kill them. It would never reduce them below one hit point. That was the thought as it kept evolving and that before Unlucky 13 turned into Lucky 7. Um, yeah, but we're the two that like it the most, at least. Although Jason was enthusiastic to like go through the spell list and everything, which I did put up on the Playboard uh, forums. So... Uh, yeah, thanks for that, Michael, and uh, expect some feedback from you soon. Okay, everyone, that's it for the feedback. Uh, please do send more. It's feedback at deckhedron.com and all the other methods that are in the show notes and they're in the outro music that you are about to hear. 
Do remember to send in your entries for the giveaway if you have not yet or if you want to modify your guess. Again, we only have three entries right now. That's uh, Jason, James, and Michael. And until next week, happy gaming, happy life. Bye. You have been listening to the Decahedron RPG Podcast. Send email to feedback at decahedron.com. Remember to spell decahedron with a K. Voice feedback can be sent through the Anchor website or by calling 562-RPG-CAST. That's 562-774-2278. Links are in the show notes. Music is by Kevin McLeod and Alexander Nakarada. Logo is by Design Cat. Thanks for listening.